for after truth? I'm more of a chaser, really. The true science of martial arts means practicing them in such a way that they will be useful at any time, and to teach them in such a way that they will be useful in all things. Welcome to Chaser After Truth, a Quidditch podcast by Alejo Enriquez, who is me. Uh, I find that my background in coming to Quidditch is very unusual. Not unique, but uh, very few people come to Quidditch the way I did. Uh, most people come to Quidditch either not having played any sports before or um, having played a, a typically a team sport, like um, football being the most common one here in Texas. Uh, basketball, also very, very common. Um, baseball, less common, but a uh, number of people do come from it. Uh, occasionally, see people come from tennis and fencing. Um, I happen to know a couple of people who've done that. Uh, I came from martial arts, for specifically Shotokan Karate. I actually have a, a black belt in Shotokan Karate, and I still teach it when, when my hip isn't all messed up. And uh, one thing that I love about karate that, uh, that that I've been able to bring over at least a little bit is just the way that in karate, and it's not unique, I'm not going to say that everything we do in karate is unlike what we do everywhere else, but just the way in karate you ground yourself. Karate is a stand-up martial art. Uh, it, it uses punches, kicks, and blocks, um, and it uses long, low stances. You kind of really bend your knees really long and spread out your, your feet far from each other. You use like a horse stance and things like that to derive a lot of power from the ground. Now, I'm not saying this is unique. Again, it's actually not that dissimilar from, for example, if you watch offensive linemen in football, they use uh, similar um, grounding techniques in order to develop power. Um, so, so I'm not I'm not going to try and say anything that I'm saying here is going to be revolutionary. But I do come from a different perspective, which I, I think is helpful. Um, these grounding techniques are uh, really useful in uh, kind of the quickness you need in order to th- to to change from a, a running uh, kind of activity your body's doing to a throwing. So, for example, either throwing like from a platform where your feet are kind of forming a base underneath you and you kind of rotate your hips and uh, shoulder and elbow in time when you make a power throw kind of from stationary being able to switch to that stance to that base from a different stance quickly is one thing that that's come out of karate and and i think is really helpful um but uh, one one thing that, that we learn in karate, which is actually, you know, when I first started, unlike a lot of people who get into karate at first, we're really just kind of consumed with just the, the mechanics of it. It's very mechanical martial arts, very much a, here's what your elbows do, here's what your shoulders do, here's what your hips, here's where your knees, right? And you kind of learn the mechanics of how to move your body. And only after doing that for a while do you start to get that the masters have been talking all this time about using your center, using your core. And the Japanese word for it is hara, the, the H-A-R-A, the hara. Well, they don't spell it in, uh, in with uh, Latin alphabet. But if they did, it would sound like that. Um, your center is the source of your power. And, and they kind of some, some schools make it more of a mystical thing than others. Um, Shotokan Karate is, is usually... A little less mystical. It's a little bit more. Here's your mechanics, but even then, it's a lot of 
here, make sure you're in breathing in time. It helps, you know, bring energy into your core in order to develop this power from your core. And it sounds a little weird because it's like, well, no, the power is coming from my muscles, right? Having a master's degree in biology, I can tell you that your muscles are what's actually producing the movement. Uh, or you could say, all right, the bones are actually providing the leverage and so forth. So what does this core have to do with it then? But as I learned more karate, I really did kind of get 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 with hip with the program that <laughs> hips get it that your hips your your core your center really does drive everything because in order to to make a quick movement that's not just like in an extremity obviously you just want to move your hands quickly back and forth that's one thing all by itself that's easy to do with just your hand muscles your arm muscles but if you're really trying to move your whole body like from one place to another, that movement energy is 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 mostly coming from the leg muscles. But the leg muscles are attached to your body at your core. That's what the there's actually what they for example the hip flexors are these muscles that attach to your hip bone and your spine and then they go and attach to your leg and they kind of pull your leg uh forward. So for example if you um reach your if you're standing straight up and down and you just pick your leg up as high as it goes those are your hip flexors that do that um and uh your hip flexors are a muscle that gets really well developed in karate especially from kicks but also just from the stances we do and uh those hip flexors are really a big part of moving your body quickly from place to place uh, obviously, your glutes, uh, your quads, your hamstrings, all these muscles, all these leg muscles are really important. But if it's just the leg muscles that are working, your body is not all in sync. And in order to move your upper body in time with your lower body requires all these core muscles. And there's a bunch of other core muscles too. The hip flexors are just one good example. Your abdominal muscles, the rectus spiny muscles, there's all these different muscles. This is not an A&P course, so I'm not going to... There will not be a test on this later, but um, it's really your core muscles that you don't realize you're getting stronger because you feel it mostly in your legs when you're doing karate. Your legs start burning and stuff, but as you're working out your legs and getting your legs stronger, your, your whole body's getting stronger because of these whole body movements. And those same kind of whole body, moving my body from place to place quickly kind of movements are really helpful in Quidditch as well. And... Uh, you know, so I try and, and, and occasionally will it, when I'm teaching, um, coaching Quidditch, I'll occasionally inject little things about, um, uh, we'll just do leg lifts or, or planks or push-ups, uh, squats, things that like help build kind of whole body muscles rather than just the machines. For example, the machines in the gym, if you don't know, are really not the most useful tool. Those are, those isolate certain muscles of your body. That's what bodybuilders like to use to uh, to grow specific muscles on their body bigger. Um, they feel easier and they feel safer than the the, the big old you know like uh, free weights like the the big old barbells that you use to squat and bench and stuff. But really, those those free weights are better for you because they work more different muscle groups as opposed to a machine that kind of isolates specific muscle groups. Um, doing any kind of whole body exercise, even even just body squats, even just squatting just your own body weight and that's it, not putting any extra weight on, is is a good workout. You can build your whole body, build your hip flexors, build all your core muscles, everything. Um, 
And those are the muscles you need in order to make a lot of very specific movements that are helpful in Quidditch. So for example, uh, in the Quaffle game, um, the, the way that you tackle is really dependent on having good core muscles to connect your upper body and lower body, to really use your legs to, to drive someone into the ground or absorb their, uh, absorb, uh, their, their force, but also to like, you, even if you have just big arm muscles and big leg muscles, but they're not connected, like you're gonna kind of bounce off the person. You can kind of drag them down, but you're not gonna be able to really wrap them up and bring them to the ground effectively with good synchronicity. And the beating game, that that foot speed kind of situation where you're covering Disney, you know how they all say beat with your feet, right? That's the expression. I'll have to do a whole separate podcast on that. But when they say beat with your feet, they mean try and get closer to your target, right? Don't just like throw it from long distance away, get closer. And as you get closer, there may be a moment where there's an opening and you can beat, you can throw the bludger, but you have to change your body position from that of a running to that of a throwing. And that speed to power kind of transition is is, a, is opening a weakness, a vulnerability, if that's kind of, if your core muscles are not there. And I don't know if you can hear my cat wants attention. Um, and uh, and then seeking is probably the most beneficial that seeking and snitching, because uh, in order to be able to drive your body forward and make just a snitch pull, uh, moving your hands and feet in time and kind of breaking the snitch's grip or d- diving in through the snitch's defenses, is really important to be able to have good core strength in order to do that. And then for snitching, obviously the the the, the reverse is also true in order to to not just use your legs to get away, not just use your hands to, to push them, but to kind of dig your feet into the ground and transfer that power to your arms to push someone around it requires good core strength. And it's easy to take core strength for granted, but it's really an important part of, of athletic pursuit. This is the drill this of the week. So you can always just get core strength by doing planks or uh, sit-ups or leg lifts. Uh, push-ups, those are great for core strength. Um, and going to the gym, potentially there's some, like like free weights can be good for your core strength. But if you're good at going to the gym, I don't know if you really need Quidditch to, to get active. I don't know about you, but me personally, I just can't stand the gym. It's just boring. And, and even just doing push-ups on my own, I can do push-ups on my own, but it's not fun. That's not what I would want to do. So here's a drill that you can use to develop your core strength. And what this is, is, uh, and, and I'll include a link to a video of it, but it's called shrimping. I learned this when I took a little Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, and it, it rapidly learned that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a martial art that has even more core strength than uh, Shotokan Karate, because I felt it in my in my core for a little while, and that was great. Um, so to shrimping is basically a way of learning how to move on the ground, uh, which is obviously is not super directly applicable to Quidditch since you usually are not on the ground and still in play. Uh, this nature example is down by contact with the ground when you're on the ground and so forth. Uh, but it can still come in handy in certain ways and it really helps you for diving on loose balls and so forth. But as I've indicated already, if I tried to sell it to you, core strength is really useful for a lot of the stand-up parts of Quidditch. So shrimping, basically, you're, you're trying to move on the ground without using your arms. So you, use your, you have your arms kind of in an up position. You could you know, even do it by holding a broom in the air if you wanted to take one of the, your Quidditch brooms and just hold it 
with both hands to try and keep yourself from cheating. It's not that you would think your hands would necessarily be using to cheat, but your elbows are a way to cheat. You don't want to not try and use your elbows to move either. So you start this out on your back, and so you got your hands up, you're on your back, your legs are straight, and then you bend your knees so that your feet are like planted on the ground, like right up by your butt. So you bent your knees as much as they go. And then at that point, what you do next is that you, you alternate sides to push it one side at a time. So first your right side first, you push with your right foot and straighten your right leg, and that kind of pushes you onto your right side and causes you to move backwards and you kind of have squeezed yourself along the ground and then what you do is you flatten out again and straighten out your legs and your legs should already be straight then you pull in your legs and this time you go left to left foot digging the ground push up on the ground on your left side and one nice thing you can do if you want to um, introduce this to people first and then you have a little shrimp race see how who can shrimp the fastest from start to end point or something like that's a good way to just make it a little more competitive, make it a little more fun. Uh, and it's really, really good for your core strength. You get your core much stronger, uh, which is really important for, as I've indicated, tackling um, for chasers. It's important for um, you're moving your legs quickly and, and changing your position quickly at beater. And then also uh, for seeking to be able to, uh, you turn the leg, the drive of your legs into a dive to, to catch the snitch. Uh, and of course, it's also it does not a bad idea to uh, have your players be get better at snitching also because uh, better snitches means better seekers. Are you a seeker? A seeker after truth? I'm more of a chaser, really. So that's the drill of the week, and uh, that is the podcast. So I uh, just uh, thought I would introduce a little bit of in- fun information. Just you know, it's a, Quidditch is a is a sport, so I figure I uh, should talk about the sport sometime. Now I know that I'm not. Um, the most qualified person to, to always delve into the, the nitty-gritty of how to play necessarily at the peak. I think that the the Eighth Man puts out some great podcasts with people who are far superior players to me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest and humble about it. I think they're better than me in a lot of ways, but I'm trying to bring different perspectives and uh, maybe give uh, you, the listener, an, an edge in something that you hadn't thought about before. So thanks for listening and uh, hope that you uh, will share the podcast uh, with uh, your friends and family or more like the District Quidditch team. And you can interact with me at Twitter at HowToPlayQuid or you can uh, go to the website uh, which is capped.howtoplayquidditch.org. Thanks for listening and uh, hope that uh, you'll be back for next time.